0: We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you.
1: So our first reading is Isaiah 52, 7 through 53, 1. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices, together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, your ruins, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our god depart depart go out from there touch no unclean thing come out from it and be pure you who carry the articles of the lord's house but you will not leave in haste or go and fight in flight for the lord will go before you the god of israel will be your rear guard see my servant will act wisely Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hid their faces, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me. To the churches of Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you have accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin— I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus
2: Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, Emmanuel. It's very strange with all the doors right open (laughs) at the back. I can see this gaping hole at the back. Good evening. It's really lovely to be here with you this evening. We are going to be looking at this beginning of or in the middle bit of Galatians 1 today we are if I can find my right right page in my notes going to look at the gospel what is it what was then the problem in Galatians what is this kind of fake gospel and then we're going to just conclude with well so what So, first of all, I believe there's a little clip that we're going to look at. Thank you, Ian, very much for sorting that out. So, no prizes. You know who that was. You know what that was. Does anybody know when it was? 1953. Mary, what did you say? June 2nd, 1953, and the commentators, if you could hear it, they spoke very poshly. (laughs) It was was amazing how they spoke. Not like me, I'm sad to say, but... um, Yes, 1953. It happened. It was a real event. The Queen was crowned, and the news went out about it in quite a new way. 27 people watched her being enthroned... Um, on television 27 million is that what I said oh 27 million thank you it's nice to have a bit of heckling actually it makes it me know that you're awake and 11 million people listen to it on the radio and I think that's more than the population of the UK at the time maybe some people watching and listening anyway it was a big deal wasn't it it was a big big event 480 musicians. The choir apparently rehearsed, so the blurb told me on something, that they rehearsed at Addington Palace down the road. Did you know that? You did. Of course you did. And there was an awful lot of processing. 7.2 kilometres around London. 16,000 people in the parade. Soldiers and people from all over the Commonwealth anointing and the investiture of her regal power. The gospel in Galatians 1, verse 6, turning to a different gospel, that word has exactly the meaning of that was used when a new king or a new queen was put in power. The good news, the announcement that went out now, I wonder if I asked you, and I'm not going to, so don't panic. I wonder if I asked you what the gospel was, what you might say. You might say something about John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus you might say that's got something to do with our sins being forgiven and Jesus rising back from the dead. Now, of course, Natasha is running a course on a Tuesday evening for about 100 of us, helping us tell our own story of what that gospel has been for us, what that gospel is for us. It's really great. If you've not been, I don't know if it's too late to come still, but just, you're very welcome, she says. It's really great. It's not highbrow. It's not threatening. It's lovely to be in here with 100 people just talking about how they know Jesus. It's really exciting. But the Greek word and the Hebrew equivalent of it in the Hebrew scriptures is the proclamation of a new king. In this case, King Jesus. Well, who announced it? It wasn't one of the dimble bees on the BBC, was it? Now, I've got, some, um, I've got some recruits in the congregation who are going to help with reading out some verses. The prophets pre-announced it, and we've already had that beautiful set of poems from Isaiah 50, 52 and 53. And in verse 10 in f- chapter 52, Isaiah talks about the arm of the Lord being revealed like a revelation that he would be seen. Now, who has got Mark 1, 4 to 7? Sam, fabulous. 4 to 7 or? Both of them, yes, okay. please.
0: <laughs> the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I. The one whose straps of sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he... Will baptize you with the Holy Spirit
2: Good job, thank you very much it 's pretty clear isn 't it what john 's message was prepare his job was to prepare the way, and he announced Jesus as more powerful than himself, and that he would baptize Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit. And at the beginning of Mark, if you read through the course of us last year, I think it was last year, in Mark, it starts with, this is the beginning of the good news about Jesus. It's the whole thing. It's all of his life. It's all of his announcement. It's not just him being born and coming back to life. Although those are really important things. It's all the stuff in the middle. It's the whole story. That's the good news. Okay. Okay. John the Baptist announced it, but God announced it. Who's got Mark 1, verse 11? Sam's Sam's got a mic, if that's probably helpful. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. That was when Jesus was baptised in Mark 1. You are my son, good job. Peter also heard God's voice. Who's got 2 Peter 1, 16 to 21? Tanya, thank you.
3: We did not follow cleverly invented stories when you talk, we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him for the majestic glory saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And when we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophets own interpretation for prophecy never had its origin in the human will but prophets through human spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit
2: beautifully read thank you very much so that's Peter talking in to Peter and he's referring to an event that we're going to listen to in two different verses in two different Gospels on the sacred mountain, he called it in that last reading. So who's got Mark 9, verses 2 and 3? After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and
3: John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white,
2: whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Thank you. And the same, the same event, but this time in Matthew 17, verse 2. Thank you, Ben.
0: There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light.
2: Amazing. So, we've had the prophets, we've had John the Baptist, we've had God announce it, we've heard Peter hear God's voice. We've heard, we've heard Peter talk about what happened to Jesus when he saw him in his glory. The next thing we're going to do is to hear what Jesus said. Who's got Mark 14, 61b? Thank you very much.
0: But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven.
2: Thank you. And Paul also has, hears that same message. He says in verse 12 in the passage that we're looking at today in Galatians 1. I didn't receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation. That same word in Isaiah 52. It was revealed to me from Jesus Christ. Has somebody got Acts 9, verses 3 and 5? Did I give that to somebody? Thank you, Jono. One to six, to. Well, let's hear what that is. Maybe that's wrong. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats oh, against right. the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light fell from heaven around him. He fell to the ground and and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do.
2: Thank you, that was absolutely bang correct, thank you. We could go on all evening looking at different verses about the announcement of Jesus as the Messiah. But you've got the idea, in the middle of the darkness, a light came who was going to make all things new, and that was Jesus. You'll know the Christmas readings from Christmas services, the five, what do we call it, five carols and lessons, where we just go through some of the old scriptures looking at Jesus coming as king. So the prophets agreed, John the Baptist agreed, Peter agreed, Paul agreed, Jesus himself said it. He was and is the Messiah. Tick, everybody agrees. The king has come. they also agree on whose authority the announcement, the royal investiture, um, is, whose name it's made in. And why does that matter? As Peter puts it, it never had its origin in the will of man. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because the apostles and Paul and Peter realize that they are under the authority themselves of the gospel, the good news, the king, who is Jesus. That's what Paul means when he says in um, verse um, eightish or so about the angels. Even if an angel should proclaim something wrong, he's just saying everything is under the authority of God who's made this thing happen. And it matters because the good news of rescue, of being made new, of being saved, is not something that we've made up. It's not a man-made story. There is no possible alternative to the gospel that we've heard. I was worried that was my phone for a minute, but if it's yours, don't worry. (laughs) It made me panic. I thought I'd left it on. Our own idea of autonomy is what separates us from God. We didn't invent or create the solution of rescue that would reinstate that relationship with God. How could we possibly have done it? God had to do it. So what's the problem then? Well, let's take a breath and just think about the context in Galatia for a moment. Because there was a perfect storm going on in Galatia. Let's just have a think about what first century life would be like under, first of all, Roman rule. It was brutal subjection. There'd only been an emperor in the middle of the 1st century, which was about when Galatians was written, for a generation. But that imperial rhetoric of Augustus Caesar and his ending of the war and him being God was part of the culture. It would have been written everywhere. That's the first thing. It wasn't a free society. It was a pluralist society. By which I mean there were many gods, pagan society with lots and lots of idols. And it would have been compulsory to worship them, to worship these many gods. It wasn't a thing that you could opt out of. What did that mean? Well, there's, there's um, a shrine in Delphi and um, a priest of it called Plutarch. Who described what that meant for him. And he described how, as he worshipped in this shrine, that heaven was his true home and that he was exiled on earth and that one day his soul would be released and would be able to go up to heaven. The third bit of context that is not at all what the Hebrew scriptures taught. I don't know how familiar you are with your Old Testament. It's really worth getting into. There's lots of brilliant resources to help you. Um, come and ask me about it afterwards if you'd like to. But but the story of the Old Testament is about a people who are waiting to be set free. People that have been exiled, who are waiting for a new Jerusalem to be restored, they're not thinking, their worldview isn't that heaven's up there that they're going to find it. Their view is that heaven's going to come down. And it's what Jesus prayed in the Lord's Prayer. That's what he prayed. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He brought in a new kingdom. It was here and now. It wasn't something off and far away that we were going to be released into. It was something now it's a really different world view. And of course, the Hebrew scriptures don't worship many gods. They worship just one God who wasn't created or imagined by people, but rather the other way around, created and imagined all of us and all of the world. In the Torah, which is the, like the law bit of the um, Hebrew scriptures, it's the first five books from Genesis to Deuteronomy, there are lots of laws in there, including the Ten Commandments, but really the whole thing is a story. It's lots of stories about how God created a beautiful world. People decided they'd like to make up their own mind about what was right and wrong, and they're in a cycle of dehumanised behaviour, of violence just keeps happening and by dehumanized I mean being human being really truly human is being in a right relationship with God being like him reflecting his glory being in his image and when we choose and we all do to make up our own rules we dehumanize ourselves and that just this pattern, this cycle and cycle of disaster, disaster of God intervening and the and the Israelites rebelling just happens and happens and happens. But the prophets, like Isaiah, just ache for a day when there will be a new Jerusalem, like in those poems that uh, were read to us at the beginning. Of course, there were also um, there were also laws that were about. Um, how the Jewish people were separate from the rest of society, how they were marked out as a different sort of people. And they had customs like circumcision and the sorts of food that they ate, and allegiance to the temple and a cycle of festivals that very clearly marked them out under this law that Moses had given them. And we call that the old covenant. We call that Christians call that New Testament. We call that the Old Covenant. I hope you've taken some of that in. So there's some context in Galatia. There's a complicated set of things. There's brutal Romans, Roman, um, the Roman rule. there's a paganist pluralist society, and there's these tiny minorities of Jewish people and indeed Jewish Christians who were following Jesus trying to muddle through and there's a twist in this context and that is that the jews in roman under roman occupation were exempt from the compulsory idol worship that was the fabric of roman life that's because they would rather die than than worship those other gods and so there was this very uncomfortable deal struck where the jews were allowed to worship their one god and go to the temple and they prayed to their one god For the Roman emperor or God, a deal was struck. So that identity, your ethnicity, and how your ethnicity was defined was really politically important in this context. Put into the middle of all of that going on, the new Jewish Jesus followers of Jesus, they also claimed the same exemption clause and remarkably in some places it held, but not everywhere. You can imagine, you can imagine the hostility that it would have it would have promoted. Um, think about what we went through as a country when we came out of Europe and we identified ourselves as something very different Brexit. How that was just such an unpleasant set of things to live through. And that, in a way, was just in kind of one plane of our life, or maybe several. But for these people, it touched every part of their lives. It's easy to imagine the confusion and tension that status and identity would have been confusing. It would have been confusing. So what specifically is the problem that Paul is addressing when he talks about this gospel that's really no gospel at all, this fake news in the middle of a perfect storm? Well, he's got new Jesus followers in Galatia that are not Jewish. The local Jews maybe would have been protective of their imperial exemption And suspicious of non-Jews claiming it. Of course they would have been. You can see how there would have been pressure. For non-Jewish people. To accept the Jewish customs. Of circumcision. And what sort of food they ate. Well it doesn't seem so bad does it? But why does Paul so strongly here in Galatians say. No. Well, I think it's because he's got his eyes and his heart on the issue of who are the people of God. Now, I hope this works. Imagine the timeline. The new King Jesus has been announced as Lord of the world. This Paul would have known that the script, in the scriptures, that meant there was a new covenant, a new way of living that was not the old way of living. He would have known that. He would have known, because he would know his scriptures, that 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 meant a new spirit was coming that would live in followers of Jesus, that would enable them to keep the law not because they're practicing the letter of the law but because it would reform them what paul is really saying is the reason he's saying that this gospel of trying to obey the old laws is fake is because there is a new king on the throne there is a new there is a jesus who is the messiah it's a thing that's really happened that makes sense if you think about the timeline it's actually happened the world's a different place you can't turn up and start talking about the old laws and behaving in the old laws because if you do that you're then denying there's a new messiah that's changed the world that's what paul's saying who are the people of god he's saying the story in the purpose of the law has climaxed as expected but it's happened in a way that was totally unexpected jesus came not as a king to overthrow the to overthrow the emperor but to die at the hands of the emperor if you like to rescue us as paul says at the top from this present evil age the god of abraham had done as he always promised According to the scriptures, which means according to the whole story of the Old Testament, and a new creation has been launched. It's burst into the whole world. That's really good news. It's life changing, seismically shatteringly good news. Did I give anybody Ephesians 1? Oh, brilliant, Steph. And you also were included in the cross when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory amen. Paul understood probably in a way that many of the disciples didn't understand straight away the implications of what Jesus had done because of the scriptures. Why did Jesus apparently disrespect the temple and not or heal on the Sabbath or pick corn to eat? Why did he do that? Why did he disobey? Because there's a new ruler around. There's a new kingdom Next week, we're going to look more about how we live in this new reality of this current evil age that continues, but the new reality of a spirit-filled life. But for this week, but for this week, Galatians 1, the gospel. Well, do you know, I think what the Lord wants to remind us of It's that it's a gospel that puts us in one family. Who are the people of God? It's us right here. It's anyone that's come to Jesus. It's anyone that's come to this table. It's anyone that's come to Jesus and said, I want you to be ruler of my life. It's anyone. There's no qualification. There's nothing we can do to earn it. We just come as a free gift and accept his grace. And that puts us in one family. And as we take communion, let's be thinking and praying about what that means for us as a family I think it changes everything it changes everything we do it changes everything we think stopping and just listening again to the gospel the good news that Jesus is king it's necessary to restate it to re-inhabit it and remember that we are one family thank you